Welcome to another T-Rex Talk. Today we're going to be talking about Kyle Rittenhouse. This is pretty much a wonderful illustration of why the T-Rex Talk podcast even exists in the first place. And that is because there's a fair amount of censorship on other platforms. This past week, Grand Thumbs Instagram page disappeared. Not 100% sure that it had anything to do with Kyle Rittenhouse because you're never 100% sure about anything with these platforms because they never tell you anything, let alone 100% of anything. But they did remove a Kyle Rittenhouse post right before they removed his entire account. So uh, pretty sure that that is, in fact, uh, the reason that his account was removed. And Facebook has said that if you are talking about Kyle Rittenhouse, who they have confirmed to be a mass shooter... Uh, a mass murderer, even though, uh, I don't know if you've checked, but Facebook is not actually part of the American legal system. It can't actually determine whether or not someone is a murderer, convict them, or pass sentence on them. But apparently, uh, they have decided that he is, in fact, a murderer, a mass murderer. Boy, I mean, the language is just getting really, really watered down these days. Two people uh, is a mass at this point. Uh, but we are going to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse in the podcast. Now, ever since the Kyle Rittenhouse incident on the 25th of August last year, I have to say I have identified with him. T-Rex Arms, as you know, has been advocating for people to take personal responsibility for carrying weapons to protect themselves and others, to protect innocent life whenever it is threatened. And when people have talked to us in the past and said things like, why does your training videos show people with rifles? Or why is it that your training videos show people engaging multiple targets and shooting on the move, having slings on your rifles just in case what what would happen to you that caused you to need a sling for your rifle? Uh, in many ways, Kyle Rittenhouse demonstrated a huge number of things that T-Rex Arms has been talking about or demonstrating uh, or putting into training scenarios for a very long time. And so I, and I think all of us, kind of identified with this, this young man who was forced into a terrible position but handled himself extremely well. Uh, part of that is you know, hoping that if I were ever in a situation that bad, I would handle myself uh, at least as well as this, this young man. But as I've been following the court case, my opinion has changed a little bit especially when I saw Kyle Rittenhouse give uh, his own testimony as to what had happened. And as he described the situation, and as he was being attacked, and as he was being forced to defend himself, he began to break down and cry. And when I watched Kyle Rittenhouse talk about what had happened to him, I couldn't help but picture my son James in that scenario. That was, that was what was going through my mind. Instead of picturing myself there, I was picturing my son James being in that sort of scenario because I am teaching James to do all of the things that Kyle Rittenhouse wanted to do. I'm trying to teach my son to be part of a community, to help people out, to help people fix things. Um, if people get hurt, to help them out with uh, any way that he can. This is what I'm trying to instill in my son. And this is what he's interested in, picking up on these lessons. And he wants to be a part of community. And he wants to be a part of things that are going on. And he wants to help people who are hurting. And he wants to fix things that are broken. He already has, uh, even at the age of six, inclinations that are a lot like Kyle Rittenhouse's uh, on the morning of August 25th. And I'm also planning on training my son to defend himself 
and to defend others if he finds himself in situations where innocent life is being threatened. And so watching this young man on the stand, listening to the way that he described the events that took place uh, in the evening of August 25th, uh, it was very sobering because I was picturing my kids potentially being in that situation. And it's very sobering because even though Kyle Rittenhouse wanted to do the right thing, he had great motives for being where he was. And then when he found himself in a situation that was really, really bad, he handled himself incredibly well. He did far better than I would expect myself to do in that situation. He did far better than I would expect a lot of shooters to react to that type of really threatening and really scary mob violence type scenario. And as admirably as he performed, the consequences for his actions are quite bad at the moment. I'm recording this on Saturday night. There hasn't been a conviction or an acquittal. There hasn't even been any deliberation by the jury yet at all. There's only been uh, the prosecution and making its case and the defense uh, putting up a pretty stout defense. But there's also been a huge amount of discussion within the court of public opinion. Now, regarding the court case, well, the prosecution is kind of a circus because they actually have no case. The evidence is so incredibly strong for the defense that, uh, like I said, they're just running a circus. And it kind of doesn't matter that they don't have a case. The issue is no longer the events of August 25th. Kyle is no longer uh, just a defendant. He's become a symbol who, for certain people, has to be destroyed regardless of uh, what the facts are. The fact is that this is probably the best documented case of self-defense in legal history. But the state of our nation right now says that uh, whatever your enemy does is bad. We have this intense tribalism in the United States um, that says that a person is good or bad based on what he is or who he is, not what he does. Since an enemy defended himself... Uh, There's a huge swath of the population who is ready to just throw self-defense out. Self-defense is now bad. Self-defense is a thing that enemies do. The the rules are changed. We have kind of fallen into this trap, and I would say both sides have, where we define uh, our enemies not by right and wrong. Uh, We actually redefine right and wrong based on who we want our enemies to be. A friend of mine pointed out the other day that the mob uh, that's chasing Kyle now is actually far more vicious uh, than the mob that was chasing him in Kenosha. It's not just a bunch of guys out on the street. It is actually the officials of the town of Kenosha itself. It is the entire institution of the media. It goes all the way up to the FBI. Even the president of the United States has called Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist, even though there is no evidence. Huge numbers of elected officials have called for the destruction of Kyle Rittenhouse, even though he has not been convicted of murder. And if you ignore all the political rhetoric and all of the baggage uh, attached to the Kenosha riots and to what happened, and you just looked at the footage, you would ask yourself, why is this kid such a polarizing figure? I think the reason is that actually, slightly humorously, he's kind of the ultimate straw man for both sides, 
For years and years and years, the left has been saying, hey, if you're okay with gun ownership, if you're okay with self-defense, if you're okay with this stuff, then you're just inviting 17-year-old kids to run around on the streets with ARs, shooting people in crowds. And that's literally what happened. And yeah, we're okay with it. And then on the other hand, the right has been saying, hey, if self-defense isn't okay, the police are going to be completely overrun. The departments are going to have no way to handle stuff. The cities will burn. Gangs of people will just take over the streets and you'll have pedophiles chasing kids up and down trying to smash them with skateboards. And yeah, that literally happened too. So Kyle Rittenhouse is a very inconvenient truth for a lot of people, but predominantly uh, the folks on the left, because Kyle Rittenhouse <laughs> proved that the mostly peaceful rioters were, in fact, willing to commit murder. And he demonstrated that the BLM protesters were mostly white Antifa anarchist losers who were already convicted of terrible crimes. Very embarrassing. And he also showed that an untrained civilian can have a gunfight in a crowd without killing innocent bystanders, uh, unlike NYPD folks. And he's also living proof that a good guy with a gun can protect your life, even if the Kenosha cops apparently won't. The local police force did far, far less to protect life and limb or even property than civilian volunteers, even though things were pretty bad. They were actually far worse than the media depicted. There were 31,000 phone calls to the Kenosha 911 Center of people asking for help, and very, very little was done. A lot of buildings were destroyed, burned completely to the ground, and again, not much was done. FBI drones were watching not only this riot, uh, but a lot of protests all throughout the entire summer of 2020. Uh, there are 34 people that were killed in these riots. I'm not aware of the FBI helping a single investigation or a single prosecution of anybody involved in any of those killings except for Kyle Rittenhouse. And the media has been devoting a huge amount of attention to criticizing Kyle Rittenhouse. Interestingly, they, they are allowed to talk about this case, even if uh, us lowly Instagram users and YouTubers are not. And the criticism from the media reveals several things. First of all, it reveals that they're still doubling down on a whole bunch of the lies from last year. They're still calling him a white supremacist without any evidence. But they're also pushing for just a overall general attitude that civilians shouldn't be allowed to do things. Kyle is being criticized for basically everything that he has done. It's not just having the firearm. It's not just using the firearm. And actually, it's not just Kyle Rittenhouse. The tone that is coming across, the attitude is one of total control of people, pretty much everybody. People are asking, what business did he have leaving his house? What business did he have going to that town? What business did he have crossing state lines? Even though ostensibly this is a free nation. So much of the commentary is just incredibly critical of the idea that you might travel somewhere that is not your home with some of your private property inside of your own vehicle without having to show anybody your papers. The View ladies were talking about the case the other day, and Sarah Haynes said, and I quote, If you want to defend something, you need to be trained and you need to go be in law enforcement or the military. I do not right now, in this day and age, trust my fellow citizens to arm up and decide what I'm doing is right and wrong. Which is interesting because last year, 
the view people were talking about defunding the police, and they were incredibly critical of the military. In fact, shortly after August 25th, one of the most damning pieces of evidence that the media kept trotting about Kyle Rittenhouse was the fact that he posted Blue Lives Matter on Facebook and that he was a police cadet. I think everyone has forgotten that the riots in Kenosha actually stemmed uh, from criticism of cops who were armed up and deciding what was right and wrong. This is literally the opposite of what the establishment wanted people to do. The only thing that really remains the same is that Kyle Rittenhouse is an enemy, and therefore everything that he has done is a bad thing. Helping clean graffiti off of buildings is a bad thing if Kyle Rittenhouse did it. Rendering medical aid to people who are injured is a bad thing if Kyle Rittenhouse has done it. Self-defense is a bad thing if Kyle Rittenhouse has done it. These are really things that should only be in the hands of the government. And that really is the main lesson, I think, from Kenosha. If you read the T-Rex uh, political newsletter that went out this weekend, you can see a little bit more information on, on this. But essentially, the point that that newsletter makes is, we should step back and take a look at all of the things that led to the events of August 25th. It isn't just the mob that surrounded Kyle Rittenhouse. It isn't just the protests that congealed around Kenosha. It is a level of government overreach inside of Wisconsin that has been happening over the last 20 to 30 years. Technically longer, but that is how long the current mayor has been in charge, building government infrastructure bigger and bigger and weakening the community itself. The mayor of Kenosha, John Antaromanian, uh, and his cousin Ed, who is the Kenosha city attorney, and his nephew Michael Easton, who is the Kenosha city judge, and his nephew Benjamin Antaromanian, who is the lead detective uh, on the Rittenhouse case and has been in the courtroom the whole time, uh, these guys need a scapegoat. And fortunately for them, they have one. I don't even want to guess what the outcome of the case would be at this point. Like I said, there is so much swirling around this case. It is, at this point, so little to do with the actions of Kyle Rittenhouse in a few seconds of gunfighting, and it is so much more about this larger, giant cultural conversation about government overreach, about citizens' responsibility, about media deception, about so many different things, about the tribalism that makes people's actions far less important than the color of their skin or the contents of their ballots, that... <sighs> It could go just any way. And, but ultimately, I would say that whether we see a miscarriage of justice or the jury does the right thing, either way, I think it is very clear to a lot of the American people that they actually do need to take more personal responsibility. If you look at the number of background checks that the FBI is keeping track of, it's one of the few things that the FBI actually does keep track of. Background checks for firearm transfers, yes. The contents of James O'Keefe's apartment and cell phone, yes. What happened at uh, a bunch of different riots around the country? Yes, but only for the prosecution. But that's a rabbit trail. The number of background checks show that there is a phenomenally large amount of guns being purchased in the year 2021. People are less willing to rely on our institutions and our establishments to protect us. And I think that as they watch the coverage of cases like this, regardless of the outcome, they also become less willing to trust the establishment's uh, propaganda. And that's an encouraging thing to me. It's one of the few encouraging things about this entire case and the coverage surrounding it. Because in about 10 years, my son James is going to be roughly the age of Kyle Rittenhouse. He's going to be eager to be part of his community. He's going to be eager to help people. 
He's going to be equipped to do things and to fix things and to build things and to protect things. And I want him to do that in an environment that is less hostile than Kenosha, Wisconsin. The politicians and officials in Kenosha, Wisconsin, created a scenario in which Kyle Rittenhouse and other Good Samaritans were on their own. They found themselves in a burning city, completely outnumbered, completely surrounded, and completely without backup. And then, because that situation revealed and exposed exactly how terribly they abdicated their most basic duties to serve and protect, they're now going to punish the guy uh, who has made them look bad. It's heartbreaking to see him so incredibly alone and apparently unsupported. And yet, I am confident that that is going to invigorate people to do the right thing in the future. There are people who saw what happened in 2020, not just in Kenosha, but in other cities, and they want to take proactive measures to make sure that their communities are stronger and more unified before the fires start. This is a hard episode for me to record. I'm very emotional thinking about Kyle Rittenhouse now on the very last day of his trial and also thinking about my son and the world that he will grow up in, the kind of abuse and criticism that he will receive for wanting to help as a private citizen. And yet, I am hopeful. I'm extremely hopeful that when he does do the right thing in the future, he will not be alone. But I'm kind of counting on you guys who are listening. Because it's going to take all of us. If we want a better world for our kids in 10 years, there's a lot of stuff that we've got to do. It'll be tiring and it'll probably be discouraging. And if we do it right, people probably won't even notice. The goal is that we build stronger and tougher and more resilient communities that take better care of people, take better care of everyone. If we're going to train our kids to do the right thing, like Kyle Rittenhouse did, and we don't want them to end up in the same place that he is now, we've got a lot to do.